This podcast may be explicit in nature and may not be suitable for listeners under the age of 15. Now that that's out of the way, if you're ready to learn some cool shit and have a laugh or two along the way, let's get it. y'all it's your boy kells aka special k back at you yet again with another episode of the culture marauders podcast the show where we maraud on all culture and deliver the goods to the masses which is you the listener and i appreciate y'all doing that so um you know it's tuesday may 19th uh 2020 um you know like i said we got another episode uh it's tuesday so you know i'm about to lay the uh the the latest uh update and review on the uh, the last dance um you know but this episode here is coming to you uh, from uh, our, our really dope sponsor, Poddex. So Poddex are uh, a tool for podcasters and uh, content creators to have more meaningful conversations and create better content. The uh, interview deck, which I have in my hot little hand right here, folks, um, you know, it's uh, used and uh, contained, you know, to stimulate unique conversations, starting questions that are non-industry specific. Um, these questions can be used in any type of content or, or form for creations for such as podcasts, YouTube, Facebook, you know, Instagram Live, StreamYard, as I'm using right here and about to lay on my guest here and, uh, you know, much more. So, you know, so that's uh, that's pod decks and, and they're really dope, really versatile. I mean, there's there's like five or six different decks you can use. I've been rocking with the what the heck deck for, you know, the past couple episodes, but I'm branching out, folks. So that's where the interview deck is coming in. And if you act now, um, you know, I got a deal for you from the Culture Marauders and your boy Kells to you, the listeners and the content creators out there. Go on www. Uh, you know, poddex.com, you know, I got the uh, special VIP code, load up the cart with all the goodies that you want, the good content creating um, items and tools that's on there. And then go ahead and lay in that code Marauder1 for 10% off. That's good enough to get you 10% off from your boy Kells and the good folks at Poddex. So check them out and get them decks. So like I said, um, you know, we're uh, we're marauding tonight um, on The Last Dance Night 5. The last two episodes, I'm a little bummed out that it's come to this, but hey, like all good things in the Bulls dynasty, it has to come to an end. So, <laughs> joining me, joining me again, um, you know, the homie Jeff Hunt from Jeff Needs Help Podcast. He's uh, he's going to maraud on this again. We've been having these conversations off and on and and just talking about it, and he, he provides excellent insight. I think y'all are really going to dig his insight if you aren't familiar with Jeff. What's happening, Jeff? Let the world know what's up. Hey, what's going on, man? Thanks for having me on again. I, I love doing this, and I'm, I'm, I'm glad you invited me back. Uh, of course, I love the docu-series. I like your show, so uh, I'm excited to be here, man. Cool, cool, cool. All right, so we're going to go ahead and jump right in it. Um, so, episode nine, right? So, this is uh, Indy Arrived, and you could tell at the end of uh, you know the last uh, episode eight, you know, Reggie was gunning. Reggie was gunning for that, for that, for that crown, right? It was Indy's time. So, um, you know... From what what do you remember from from this uh, this? Oh. <laughs> I re- yeah 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 yeah. I remember being about let me see. I'd have been uh, ninety eight, so I was about twenty three years old, and I remember that's the closest I've come to a heart attack. Um, <laughs> I was about 
So, full disclosure, if anybody didn't watch last week, I'm a Bulls fan. And, I, and I'm old enough. I'm 45. I'm 44. I watched this live. No, it was very stressful. No. It was, that, was, that was the most stressful I ever was in the championship runs. Uh, because in the early years during Detroit stuff, you wanted it. And then you'd get knocked out. And you're like, ah, oh, dang it. But in 98, it was like, don't take this away from me. Like, we, we all... We all knew that it was the last dance, and, uh, and and Reggie was done, and that was a good team with the Davis boys, like we talked yeah, about. Yeah, yeah. It was a, it was honestly that game seven was one of them, outside of a Buckeyes game. That's probably about as stressed out as I could get. Well, comes World Series, and then that. Yeah. So I looked at it from from different eyes, man. Like like eighteen year old eighteen year old eyes back in the day. You know, I was a senior in high school. Like I said, um, <laughs> Nate. <laughs> yeah, that's my dude, right there. Man. So. But, you know, different eyes from an 18-year-old versus a 40-year-old where you're looking back and you're like, you know, these guys were still fairly young. But in, in, in basketball, basketball days, what up, Nolan? Wakey, wakey, eggs and bakey, brother. Wakey, wakey. So, uh, but, um, you know, I look at it and just looking at the footage, man, these guys look tired. They look like, man, they looked old. And you had, you know, you had these Pacers, man, that, that were like ready to rock, man. They were ready to snatch that crown. And Reggie was young. And you know who Reggie looked like to me? And, and you know I'm probably gonna get beat to hell for this. Reggie okay. looked Reggie looked like he reminded me of like Kevin Durant, like an early version of Kevin Durant with the link, the shooting. You know he would play some defense. I've, I've never thought of it. I've always said that Reggie. I always said that Reggie would be way better nowadays NBA. I mm-hmm. thought he would fit on one, that those Golden State run. I always thought Reggie. Oh. So it kind of matches up. But I was like, man, Reggie would play on this Golden State team, man. Like he would be killing it. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So, but yeah, so I, you know, you're right about the tiredness, man. Like I can vividly remember being like, man, these guys are hanging on by a string. Oh yeah. Yeah. And they, and you know, and, and age and, you know, they're still kind of relatively young. What was Jordan like 35, Pippen 33, you know, the battles, the battles. We talked about last week that and they didn't take care of themselves. Like they did. I'm not saying I shouldn't say Pippen. He was always a little hobbled. Jordan didn't condition. Like I, I, he didn't condition like these players do now. Like he's not, you know, we talked about this and he was, he was wore down, man. Yeah. And you could definitely see it. Um, you know, when you had the, the young bloods gunning for you and, and, and okay. looking to make a name off of you. So, um, with that being said, like I said, you know, they, they, they came in and, and I think Larry bird, Larry bird had a game plan because not only had he played against Mike, but he, you know, he's a student of the game, a basketball mind, and if you can sit there, basically he was like he was like the Bizarro Phil Jackson in 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 a sense. <laughs> I looked at him as like the. Man, I heard this whole series, man. You need to you need to coin that or hashtag it. You You're right on the money. So, but he he came across as the Bizarro Phil Jackson because he had he had youth, he had talent, he had transition, uh, you know, transcended talent in, in Reggie Miller, and yeah. tough tough guys, and. You know, I don't know the ins and outs. I would love to see a story on Larry Bird and his coaching style and his philosophy. But it looked like just go out and beat these guys to hell. Go ahead and, you know, lay the lumber on these cats. And, um, you know, and they followed in. And it was a it was a good series. Mike and them even said, that, you know, hey, we were going to lose one. This was a team it was going to happen to. And, you know, lucky, lucky them and, you know, lucky us. You know, they were able to push through. But, you know, Indiana broke broke through, what, two years later, right? They broke yeah. through two years later. And even Indiana, they had been a tough team anyway because you had the battles with the Knicks. And then you had the battles when they made, you know, when they finally got to the finals. And I would have loved to see Reggie get get a championship in Indiana. Agreed. 
agreed. But um, I, I hated him, but for a good reason, like because of that. Right. Uh, I, I really, I get. I thought they had a chance to win that man. Uh, I, th- those teams were good. They were they were well balanced. I mean, even but you had Chris Mullen on a team, and people forgot. That's how that team was. A, that was a solid squad. And I and I've said it. I've said it for years, and I've told people if the game. If they would have played the three point game like they do now, that Indiana team could have beat oh, yeah. the Bulls. Yeah, if yeah. the game just played the way it is now, uh, that's I believe that they wouldn't. I mean, it doesn't matter. But but they had a perfect blend of like of bruisers down low. You yeah. had your shooters. You had fast point guards. You had vets. I mean, you had a a, a perfect storm of potentially what could have beat them. And, and you know, and if rebounds didn't go the certain way, and, and that jump ball like they showed with Smiths yeah. and um, Smiths and uh, Jordan. If it had went the other way, man, we could be looking at a totally different story. It all it all boiled down to two things that, that make this that, that those Bulls teams different. Were that there there then there wasn't an answer, a physical answer for Scotty and Mike. They were just made a little different. They were such a tough matchup that they got these weird rebounds. Like Mike, Mike gets his his rebounding is way underrated. He's one of the best rebounding guards that there was ever. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and that was always the difference. Like there was just that there was like Reggie was really good, but he couldn't guard Mike. He couldn't, right. then, he, then he couldn't slide up and guard Pippen. He, they were just like it was just and, too either one was too fast or one was too strong. Yeah, it's like yeah, it, yeah. weird mix, man. You're you're, you're you know the game wasn't quite the same as it is now. Yeah, definitely. So Gus, right? What I liked what I liked about this episode was was um, the uh, the oh. was the the security guard, the loyal security guard, Gus. And even the crazy dude, wasn't he? Uh, Waz or whatever the cat with the. Oh, okay. <laughs> I know. I, like once again, I haven't looked up to see if he's still with us, but hey, he's a star of the show, man. <laughs> hey, we got Linda back. Hey, what's happening? So, and then, uh, so you know, like I said, um, you know, the impact of Gus, and 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 I love that about about this episode was that you know this guy in in. You had seen him throughout the whole series, right? Throughout the whole documentary, he's just kind of there. Him, Waz, and the other guys, just kind of there is like, you know, they're hanging out in that back room. Mike's sitting in the chair, lean back. And these guys are just hosted up around him, hanging out. And you don't realize how important this man was. Drop it on you. Yeah, yeah, how important this man was. And, and when he said that he filled that fa- father figure role, you know, it's like, it made perfect sense. It made yeah. perfect sense. Like, he was a confidant and... When you're an athlete of Michael Jordan's stature, right? When you're an athlete of that stature, you have to have sound advice. You have to have some sort of intelligence or, or voice of reason in your ear because everybody's looking to get something from you. Absolutely. Uh, you know what? I'm glad you brought that up, man. You, Curtis, you all, you pick up on this stuff, man. Um, I, I think Mike gets Mike because of the way he his perception, the way people like viewed his uh, abrasiveness and. You know, they called him an asshole time and time again. I think it's way underrated on the decisions he made and people that he clung to. And that's because of his dad. I give full credit to his dad. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, he had an attachment. And he he recognized, you know, solid figures. Like, even Scotty Pippen. I mean, like, Scott, you know, Scotty was younger than Mike, but obviously Mike realized that this is a guy you can trust. Steve Curry trusted the guy. Like, there was an unspoken bond there. You know, just like, I don't know. It's, it's kind of like me and you sitting here, man. It's like, when you tell me you're going to be on at five o'clock, I know you're going to be on at five o'clock. You know what I mean? Like, and I, and I think, I don't think Mike gets quite enough credit because of the way he, uh, the perception of his cutthroat attitude right? Uh, of, the, of the good decisions he made. I'm glad you brought that up. Well, I think he, it's the fact that he held people accountable, right? And, and yeah. he's going to give you greatness. He wants that in return, or at least damn near your you best, know, your best effort, you yeah. know? So, but yeah, Gus and, and, you know, it was, 
it was it was sad, but it was it was good to see that he brought him along. You know, even in in his in you know when he was struggling with, um, I believe he had he had cancer, yeah. was it? Yeah. And um, you know, the man was sick, but he still took care of him. And I believe to this day, Michael is still looking after Gus's wife and making sure that you know she's taken care of. Is probably the you know the rest of those guys that are that are still around, um, you know, because they basically raised him, you know, in a sense, you, you know, from a professional standpoint, you know, he, he could do magic on the court. The dude was, a, was a phenomenon on the court, but you need that guidance behind the scenes, you know, and to yeah. keep you straight and keep you, you know, on that, on that straight and narrow. So you need a nut, man. every now and then, like even a guy like Mike needs to know, man, like let, let, real quick, how many times like could have a guy like Jordan have, have finally said, you know what? Like, especially in 98 when Pippen's holding out, he wants some money and all that. Mike could have easily been like, you know, I can do this myself, trading, blah, 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 mm-hmm. bring it. I don't know who they would have traded for back then. Maybe, you know, somebody from Sonics or Clyde Drexler. Right, right, right. But, but he did, man. Like, or Rodman, he could have been like, you know, you got to cut this crazy bastard. But Mike, <laughs> uh, and, and, every, and they attribute that, well, he just wants to win. But maybe it was, he, he knows that people have more to him than, you know, just what you see. I don't, I don't think Mike ever gets enough credit for his judgment. Yeah. I mean, the guy, we said it. The guy wound up, he, you know, owns an NBA team. Like, obviously, he didn't just, you know, stumble his way through life. Like, exactly. He, he makes decisions. It's not luck. Right. And, and, you know, he's a sound business mind. He had that, he had that, uh, that somebody was in his ear. And I think it may have been Phil Knight from Nike. And then everybody else with these endorsements sure. and, and sound financial advice and management. Sure. And, you know, to help him parlay that. that, that but you got to listen, right? Exactly. You got to be willing to listen. The most popular athlete in the world. You still got to listen, and I think I think Gus played played a huge part in that. So, I mean, think just real quick, Gilbert Arenas made like three times more money in basketball than Michael Jordan ever made, and that dude was feeding sharks for fifty thousand dollars a month. It's now out of the NBA. Nothing against Gilbert Arenas, but I'm saying the mindset, right? It, it's it, it's decisions and stuff, you know, that can be made that can change the course of history. This would have changed the course of history. Yeah, definitely, definitely. So, I want to move on to. The legend of Steve Kerr. <laughs> Yo, uh, he came, he, he, yeah, he came off good in this, these episodes. So, right? so did this dude have the lucky horseshoe like crammed up his butt or what, man? I'm, I'm telling you, like, I loved his story. Like, I didn't realize Steve Steve Kerr had this this um, much of a backstory to him. I thought you know, right. I, I I knew he went to Arizona, but go ahead. He's complex. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah, and like. Just in, in the way he is now, and I think everything he's been through and the battles with, with, you know, with the Bulls teams and and everything, you know, leading after that. And I think the toughest he probably had outside of his father, you know, passing or being killed was the Bulls years, because everything after that is gravy. Right. Like, OK, you transition, you move on to the Spurs, you, you know, you're, you're 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 a marksman for the Spurs. You win a couple more championships and then you roll into a, a I think he was a GM for the Suns, you know. Yeah, he was a GM for the Suns. And then, you know, and then he becomes a head coach of the all-time winningest organization in, in basketball. It's, you know, it, but it's such it's such good stuff to hear because I like Steve Kerr. Steve Kerr comes across as a super nice guy. Yep, big fan. Yeah, and very humble. And, you know, he, he wasn't the most athletic guy on the on the court or on, on the team, but he was going to give you the best he had. And, he, and Well, you touched on it. He, he It's decisions, even if it's on the court. Like, he knew his exact – job like he knew his exact job not more not less he knew like you know he was always there for that shot and you know that, that's one of my favorite stories of all time in 97 when jordan's like 
you know, you're basically, he's like, you're probably going to be open and you're going to make the shot. Mm-hmm. And did because, and because Mike, you know, the trust that Mike had in him and all that, like, obviously Steve's just one of those dudes, you know what I yeah, mean? Right. And, and, you know, and I remember that, I remember watching it when it happened. I, I'm going to be open. I'm, I got you. I got you. You know? And it's like, finally, I'm part of the group. Finally, you trust me. It was the same Paxton moment, except somebody oh, exactly. knew. Exact yeah. moment. And, I, and like, yeah, so that, that was cool to watch. And, and, you know, I remember in the last one of the last couple episodes where he said, you know, these guys are riding coattails. You know, you didn't, you, you didn't go through them when we sucked, you know, and now you're on a, a championship team. It's like, you're not a champion. You know, we are, but you're not a champion. You got to earn that. And I, th- and that's what he said. He said Steve Steve Kerr earned his wings, you know, in that game, and and you know, manned up, man, man up, and uh, and knocked down the shots and, and took care of business, you know. So it was um, it was really cool to see that, and and I think that was the launching point for for Steve Kerr, not only as you know yeah. the athlete, but as a as a coach and as a leader, because you know the magic that he did with that Golden State team, you know, is the it was the the rifleman mindset already put in the hands. Of a, of a lethal weapon of a shooter with Clay and, uh, and Steph. Yeah. Well, you know what? And I, I, I don't want to go off on a tangent because I could, I could do an episode on like Clay Thompson, how much I like him. But mm-hmm. I think Steve Kerr is responsible for a lot of that because of his years with the Bulls, because Clay Thompson's the one guy that I think resembles those Bulls teams. Like the next level, if, uh, you know, if the game was the way it is now, he, he, he would have played, like he reminds me more of Jordan than anybody. I know it doesn't make any sense, but really? like, to watch him play the game, if if Jordan played now, there's I, I think he would you know obviously he would shoot more threes because they're worth more points, right? You know what I mean. So like something about Clay Thompson, I always wonder if Steve Kerr, be, because of his toughness and even the way they play defense, like Steve was a pretty good defender, you know, for you know for for what he could do. And I always just wonder if like if you know if, if Clay was kind of like his guy. I'd love to ask Steve Kerr that someday. You know what? Let's get him on the show, man. How's the Bill Cartwright search going? trying man he is hard to find <laughs> he is hard as hell to find i've been looking myself yeah i've got a you know i've got tweets out i'm, I'm asking everybody like you guys can get a hold of bill cartwright let me know so uh, we're gonna ha- we're gonna get it done but it's way harder to get a hold of than i thought yeah and you know what a lot of these guys are probably laying low because of this because they know sure. people are gonna be hunting for them sure. so i don't know dickie simpkins i mean you might be able to grab him he, he ain't doing nothing and <laughs> hey, we had a I was on a show last Friday. There's an NFL offensive lineman on there. He was, you know, he's on his phone. He was cool shit, man. That's he, cool. Like, he in five minutes he answered more. Uh, he gave us more like insight to the NFL than you get on ESPN in four hours. I swear. It's nice. Really cool, man. Uh, Richardson of uh, Tampa or uh, Jacksonville. Sorry. Okay. It was, it was real cool. Oh, oh yeah, that's you. It's in your area. <laughs> yeah, a little bit, you know. So you know, it's it it's gonna be. It's going to be like looking for gold at the end of a rainbow, trying to get some of these uh, Bucks players on, man. And it's so hot. Like, everybody wants a piece of these guys. Yeah, ah, they will, man. People love it. These guys, are, I think I think a lot of them have realized what, you know, we're going through and the value of that. This guy, Tony, man, he was so cool. And he was answering, like, point-blank questions. He wasn't dodging questions or anything, man. Those guys, they don't, I don't think athletes get enough credit. They're not They're not as bad as No, no. And that's the media, right? The magic of the media. They, they can spin it to – where you look your best or you look your worst. So, you know, it's just how it works. But back to your point, I, where you said that Clay Thompson resembles Mike more than anybody. I, I, I respect what you're saying, but I disagree. I, I think it's Kawhi Leonard right now. Oh, uh, well, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I should say, yeah, I should have. I can't clarify it now, but like, <laughs> Kawhi kind of taken over the last couple of years. Right, I right. don't know. That. that is another player that, that obviously I would, 
is on that scale. They're just, I, I think, I guess uh, if I can cheat my way out of this. Hey, let's hear Clay, it. Clay reminds me of what Jordan would do on offense now. Okay. And the way he plays defense. But as far as the, Kawhi just doing what it does to get it done, there's nobody better. You know, he's he's something else, man. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's good. That's a that's a good point, though. And you know what? I'll take those two on my team. Anyway. <laughs> hey, we hey the Timberwolves need some help, so I don't know. Maybe we can do something. So yeah. I like wrapping up the part with Steve Kerr. I like the part where you know at the um, the celebration, the ceremony in Grant Park, where uh, he came out and he was like, "Uh, oh, you know, Mike, I had to bail him out again." You know, <laughs> I, I watched it live, man. I remember I, I, I was off that day. I watched it live. <laughs> Yeah, I thought that was really cool, man. He's he. I'm glad. I'm glad he had that moment, and um, you know, he's able to have a successful career and win a couple more championships on the way, and and become the leader that he's become. Yeah, yeah. So let's talk about Bulls and Jazz Part One. I didn't really care about this series, to be honest with you. I, I, I didn't. I, I would have rather seen it been like Houston or or somebody else. But I wanted Houston. I wanted Houston Bulls. You're right. Mm-hmm. And you know, Carl Malone. Won the MVP. I think the Jazz, the Jazz, did they have the best record that year, or it was the next year they had the best record? Uh, well, you know what? I, I won't. You know, I don't. It was one of the two years, and if, if it wasn't uh, that year, they were really good that year, yeah. record wise. But um, yeah, that always that's something about that team always just kind of just doesn't never sat right with me. I was never a fan. I appreciated what they did. Mm-hmm. But I don't think I don't think Carl Malone's. You know, we talk about guys carrying over and guys who remind us. I don't think Carl Malone carried over like some of these other guys did. But I think he would have been a talent that was left in the '90s, if I'm being honest. Yeah, yeah, because it was just a mid-range game, bruiser, bruiser mentality. Um, he couldn't really stretch the floor. I'm sorry. I'm not. I didn't. I don't mean to say he's bad, but but his game wouldn't transition to today's game. Not as well. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And Carl Malone. I mean, he was the the pick and roll with him and Stockton. Man. I mean. They would pick and roll you to death. And you forget how good John Stockton was, man. Like, yeah. So, uh, oh, shoot. The other dude. Hornacek. Hornacek? Hornacek. Yeah. Hornacek, go, man. When he was on fire, like, that was trouble. Yeah, he'd, he'd do the face rub before he shoot the free throws and all that stuff. And, you know, hey, shortest shorts in the league, man. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> well, how about that crowd? Oh, vicious, man. Little, vicious. Little, was that the whitest crowd you've ever seen? <laughs> <laughs> I, like, I don't even remember it being this bad. Like, uh, but you know what? That's why they didn't like Utah, man. Because but Utah has been a problem even since back then. Because you look at like Russell Westbrook, he went through some stuff in Utah. Remember that he got into the fight. So you got you got some unsavory characters up there in Salt Lake City, man. And you know, and it's not everybody. And I get it. If that's the only if that's the only sport you have in your city, you got to ride or die, right? But you got to be yeah. respectful, man. So yeah. It's that's a weird place. I, yeah, they've got some good players, man. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's so I remember that's the that's my famous story. I gotta tell the story real quick. Let's hear it. Well, it's it's what it's what it's like one of my funnest stories ever. So my son was born in '97, mm-hmm. April '97. So he's roughly two months old when the game one of the Jazz series goes off. And uh, my wife was taking a bath. You know, son's two months old. Like one of you's got to watch the kid. You know, you know, whatever. <laughs> Somebody's got to have the kid when you're taking a bath. Right. So he's on my lap. We're watching the Bulls game, and I got him on my knee. You know what I mean? Like, you know, because I want to watch it with him. Right. And, uh, and uh, you know, it gets down whatever it was. Seven and a half seconds left, I think it was. And like Jordan's getting the ball, and I'm sitting there. The bathroom's doors closed. Uh, Jordan goes left, makes the shot, 
and I like lose my mind, but I've got a two month old on my lap, and I can't like. So I yell, but I don't. You know, I can't do anything. Is it like that? Yes, yes. So the baby, the baby starts crying. My wife comes out of the bathroom, like assuming I drop, you know, drop my son or something, and she's like, "What's going on?" I'm like, "Jordan made the shot," and I'm just. I've got my kid, but I can't squeeze, I can't throw, I can't do anything. And to this day, like, she will never, ever, ever forget that story. We watched that the other night, man. And it's, a, it's a, Anyway, that's a great memory of mine. I just had to share with the world. It was, that, that's a, that was a special – I'll never forget that shot as long as I live. Oh, man. It, and that's, that leads us into – is that the flu game, right? The flu game shot? Was it that? Uh, well, that, was, uh, that wasn't the game, but that was the series. Right, right, right. So, yeah. what do you remember about the flu game? Well, that was a weird one because I remember, like, just it was one of those times where I was, like, busy. So, I was, like, watching it, but I couldn't, you know, because I used to work terrible hours back then. Uh-huh. And I did watch it. Like, oh, Mike's sick. And I'm like, I oh, you know. But he, but, but what I remember was his shot was, it was one of the best, um, I don't know what the percentage was, but, like, his shot that night was, was one of the best, like, I ever remember watching. It was so weird. And I was like why he's sick and he's shooting better. I was like, it's because he can't drive to the hoop. And there was so many stories, but you know, there wasn't ESPN, there wasn't FS1, there wasn't any of that. So like, Mike's sick. Right. Like, okay. They're like, oh, he got sick on the airplane. They're like, it's food poisoning, it's flu, whatever. Right, right. Nobody, but uh, I remember the last shot he made and they showed that on there. I'm mean, I can remember that like vividly. I was like, oh, here it comes. Like, it, it was something special to watch, but it was like, it was so weird because it was so mysterious, you know, him and Mike or him and Scotty. Scotty. Yeah, that was, but, but you go ahead, you go with the pizza story. I don't know what, I, I don't know what to make. I don't know. What, this is a first for me. Bro. So who the hell gets pizza in Salt Lake City, Utah, man? Like I, I, that, I would have got like a, a hoagie or something like that. Like, you don't, uh, I don't know. So I just imagine Salt Lake, it's all fish sandwiches. I don't know what like, you guys got caught? I don't know, trout. You guys got a trout. You got a fish. Uh, I had never heard this pizza story. Story. I, I don't even. I don't even know what to make of it. They told it, and I was like, I'm just gonna forget that. So like, I like the, so yeah, I like the mystique of the of the flu game better, right? Yeah. So it was it was weird, man, because you know you, he had his trainer, and he had like some 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 other guys around him, and then it, you know like oh we're hungry, you know it's like how does this work? So you know oh uh oh. There it is. Man, I just, I, I was mixing it up. I was mixing it up for the podcast, Chris, but I'm glad you're watching. I'm glad you Yeah, watching. appreciate it, Chris. Thanks for I, tuning I, in, if man. If it makes Chris feel any better, I actually bought this in Brooklyn. So, <laughs> oh, yeah. all right. Hey, they got a fantastic arena, man. The Barkley Center is super dope. So for anybody. I think we were there like the summer before they started, like, you know, before they moved, the Nets moved. Uh-huh. And so this was like before they even played the season, but man, I, yeah, I sweat their gear like the team. Like, I don't know. I like how it gets started. I kind of like how that that looks when they're playing. Man. Yeah, it looks it looks because at first I was like, this is boring as hell. But then you look at it now, it's like, all right, you know. And they got the they got the subway that pulls up right in front of the stadium and all or the yeah. arena. Yeah. So, but um, I think you want know Chris send me a next app. <laughs> you don't want that, man. You don't want to get a rash on your head. Don't wear no Nick stuff, man. No Nick stuff. Send me a Nick app, man. I'll, yeah. I'll, I'm glad he's watching. That's awesome. That's he said, dude. "I'm hurt." <laughs> That's a good dude right there. Yeah, I, I enjoyed the show, man. I got, I, I went on, I went on, I want a piece of the action. Oh yeah, I, I had to make it. He had, I was, he was forced to talk about the Buckeyes twice last week, so he's probably sticking right now. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, I'm sorry. But, but um, yeah, so, but the flu game, man. So you know, I was, I was looking at it, and I'm like, 
why would you be the, if nobody else wants to touch that pizza? Maybe that tells you something like, you know what? That was weird. Yeah, it was weird, man. And and you know, shame on you, Utah, for being buttholes and and, and trying to poison the goat, man. Like, yeah, there's yeah. there's got to be a better way. You know, flatten a tire or something. I don't know, but you don't you don't give the man food poisoning. I don't even know how you. And then, but then, then everybody, uh, the other, they're like, oh well, it was actually a hangover. Well, let's think about this. This is Michael Jordan's been in the league at like 13 years at this point. Everybody knows how he parties and carries on and mm-hmm. drinks, goes gambling. So really, tonight's the night. Tonight it's, is the night. It all catches up. It all comes to a head right here. Man, I've got a lot of hangovers. You know, like hangovers ain't that bad. They got they got IVs. They got well, he was on IVs. Let's not forget he was he was rocking the IV. But that's what I'm saying for a hangover though. Like you cure that shit pretty quick. Like, yeah, I go to Vegas once a year and. I can play a pickup game <laughs> But can you play in the NBA Finals? That's the no, question. absolutely not. I can definitely <laughs> not play in the NBA Finals. So, but Mike looked like dog shit, man. And, and I remember oh, yeah. watching him like, man, he looks bad. Like, he looks really crappy. And uh, I was living in Austin. I had just finished 11th grade, f- fixing the bounce in my senior year. And watching that game, I was like, man, something don't look right. Like, he was like, you know, towel on his head and sweating and oh, shaking. Yeah. And, yeah, man. And so it was a bad look. But, um, you know, hey. Byron Russell. <laughs> Wait, here's, 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 here's what, you know what? I'm going to bash a little more Carl Malone tonight. Right. We talked about this last week. He's getting off pretty easy. Yeah, he is. Well, dude, you can't, take, you can't take advantage of this, Michael Jordan. I don't want to hear it. Yeah. I don't want to hear anything about you not winning the championship. I don't want to hear anything about – I don't want to hear any excuses. Nope. You, you couldn't go seven games and you had Michael Jordan with, with some kind of illness. I don't care what it was. And, and I, I, yeah. got him with a hurt back. Like, stop. And, and I told my wife, I was like – so the Jazz couldn't beat the Bulls with a Michael Jordan at seventy percent. Maybe even I, I go sixty, sixty percent. You couldn't beat this team, you know. So yeah. you were letting Rodman and all these other cats just wear you out. And 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 once again, Kerr showed up, and and Burrell showed up, and, and all these other cats. And it's like this dude trained these guys, trained these yeah. guys for these moments, and they showed up and they produced. And it showed you like we will need you if I happen to go down. And it showed. Yeah, and Phil Jackson had a lot to do with that. Like, you know, as far as not giving him credit for being a coach, man, he had that. You got to give credit to the coach. Oh yeah, definitely, definitely. And and I tell you what, they didn't show this in the documentary, but for you know people who didn't get a chance to actually watch those games, uh, you know, the you know the front court showed up, man. You know, there was more than just Pippen, Jordan, and and uh, Rodman. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like Longley showed up. Oh, Longley, man! I forgot how nice he was. yeah, he was like he he had good games. Like, yeah, he wasn't a great, but like I just want to give credit. Like everybody stepped, everybody up huge huge shots, you know, and rebounds. It was always rebounds, man. Oh, man. They could always get that extra rebound. It was, oh, it was crazy. So I was looking at it, and I don't know if it was the first the first go around with them or the second. Everybody on that team scored. Remember, and they were on the side like, "Oh, Bill hasn't scored yet. Bill Winnington hasn't scored yet. Let's get him out there." Bill Winnington hits damn near a three pointer, <laughs> and they're just yeah. on the crowd like going nuts for I him. Remember the game? It was so much fun because <laughs> you were relaxed. Like I got to actually just relax. They did that to the Pacers too. They didn't touch one in that Pacers series. They did the same thing to them in the game. Just just blasted them. Uh, I remember like it was it was either the Pacers. It was one of those two games. Like Rodman made like a long three, mm-hmm. and he shoots it, and he turns around, he's dancing down the court, and it's not even in the hoop yet. <laughs> the video of the ball going in behind him. Yeah. You know, that's, yeah, it was, I don't know, it was, like I say, it skewed for me because I was a fan, so it's, it was, it, this has been surreal. Right. I know, and it, like I said, it's years later and you look at it and you have a deeper appreciation for it. Oh, 
you know, yes. from this point. So, all right. So that sets up, you know, Last Dance, episode 10, the last episode. I was bummed and I was like, okay, the last one was okay. I, I dug the Steve Kerr story. I dug the stuff about Gus. How are you gonna how are you gonna drive this home, right? Like what else, what else can you lay on me that I haven't seen that is gonna like basically just all right, I'm turning off the lights, I'm going to bed. The episode, in my opinion, was a little bit of a letdown because you know it's like you kind of you kind of knew what was coming, right? It's like the yeah, end. It was, it was a lot about the game, really, mm-hmm. right? It was a lot about the series and the game. I agree. Yeah, and, and I looked at it like it almost felt like it was the end all over again. Yeah, these guys haven't played together in 22 years. But it felt like you were watching the end all over again. And, and for me, it hit me again. And I was like, this sucks. Like, you know, it's like, why? Why did it have to be this way? So, yeah. you know, but. Um, it, yeah, I thought the same way. I, th- I thought they, you know, I said, I, this goes to, because I'm, I'm a documentary fan. Mm-hmm. So, like, I'll lean a little more on that than the basketball stuff. Like, bas- you know, the game was great. I thought they leaned into the, what could have been. Like, right. uh. You know, they were like, oh, they they tried. They were blaming Reinsdorf, and then they were blaming blaming Kraus right. and Jackson. And I think they they thought that people would care more than they did. But what they didn't touch on was the next year was a strike shortened season. Yes, hold out. It was a strike. It was. A, it wasn't a strike. It wasn't a strike. It was a the lockout. Right, lockout. the lockout. Yep. And and that's when the Spurs went. Well, Mike didn't retire until I want January. It was like January February time frame. And what they didn't talk about, and I can never get the truth out of it, he cut his uh, thumb opening a cigar with a cigar cutter and actually cut like bit, like like he couldn't use his thumb. Hmm. And a lot of people think that they were going to, like he was, since it was a shortened season, he was going to try to make a run in 99, and he cut his thumb, and, you know, we'll never know. But, I mean, it's a real thing. He definitely had the injury. Hmm. But I, I can't verify whether that was true or not. They didn't touch on any of that, but it was a big deal. Yeah, because that's why he didn't retire until the season came back. Oh, because that was yeah. weird. I was like, what's the holdup? He's ready to go. He said January, like I held out to January and nothing. Yeah. And I couldn't believe it, man. It, it was so weird he to me. He injured himself. Wow, probably like nerve damage and stuff too probably then, huh? If you cut yourself that deep. Yeah, exactly. So, yes, you do, Chris. Yeah. Yep. So, yeah, it's a uh, – it's, uh, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I thought that, I wish they could have touched on that. I thought they like the impact the whole at the end, and they tried to, they you know they even the way the camera shot and stuff, and they wanted to make me like feel you know not not bad for Mike or whatever. Okay, okay. So I'll say this right now on record: that was the one moment of Mike that I didn't believe when he was like, "I would have loved to have tried to come back in '99 and all that." You didn't believe that? No, all that regret? Nope, I don't. Oh man, I don't know. I, don't, I, I, I go ahead. Just so, Oh, disingenuous. That was the first time in the series, though, in that documentary, because the whole time I thought Michael Jordan was going to come off fake. Right. So I've been really impressed. That was the only time where I'm like, I don't know, Mike. Uh, it depends on it, and I'm basing everything on that he got injured, that he cut his thumb and couldn't play. Because mm-hmm. they would have won that. 99 was a wrap. So you know what? Since Chris is on here commenting, I want to bring this up that he said on the show. If things could have went right, and Mike, you know, say Mike comes back in 99 and feels good we were close to having a bulls versus kobe and the lakers yes yes and and until chris brought that up i'm like and it didn't hurt like i was like i never thought about that yeah it was close mike was playing then Mm -hmm. so like he still could have been playing yeah you know you know they could they could have brought people into that bowl so i was like oh shit like i hadn't even thought about yeah it was it was it was they were two years off 
two years off of meeting. And, um, yeah, and, and, you know, I think the NBA probably would have, if Jordan had to came back, they probably would have kind of angled to push it like how they did with LeBron and Kobe with the puppets and stuff. Remember that? And, yeah. and that would have been so yeah. dope to see. So dope. And How could we never get LeBron and Kobe, man? Like, yeah. That's still like that still like bothers me. Yeah. Man. Yeah. I mean, in some capacity, Heat Lakers, I, you know, oh, something. That, you, imagine, you imagine Heat and Lakers? Oh, God. We needed that. Man. You know, I, we, I don't know. Yeah. We, I mean, it's, you know, it's nothing you can do. That's, you know what? And for the record, uh, and, and then a lot of this is said about Jordan. Uh, we're sports fans. You get so much of it's rigged, it's rigged, it's rigged. No, if it was rigged, you would have got LeBron versus Kobe at least once. Like yes. I'm telling you right now, if it was rigged, right, and you want to try to set the world on fire, <laughs> you would have got that. So I don't hear this rigged. You wouldn't have Toronto Raptors win, win a championships if the NBA is rigged. I'm telling you right now. So check it out. So I just, this just popped up on Bleacher Report. It says Horace Grant rips Jordan for uh, saying that he was the leak for uh, for the for the yeah. book. I don't blame him, man. I, I mean, he definitely insinuated that. I, I, we talked about this on our first show a couple weeks ago, man. Uh, we was on, you know, I'm a Ho Grant fan. How about Ho Grant being like the second highest paid player in the league for a year? That's weird. <laughs> no, but he was he was putting in work in Orlando, so oh, he's a good player, man. That, but not awesome. not that type of money, right? Yeah, the same year that Pippen was, uh, oh, something like two hundred. <laughs> There's a big difference. <laughs> so. Uh, so Horace Grant said it was a lie, lie, lie. As I stated, if MJ if MJ has a grudge with me, let's talk about it, or we can settle it another way. So uh, I ain't settled. So I seen Horace, man. Like he <laughs> looks like he's got that grown up strength. He got that dad bod. Right he got now. that. He got like, that that pickle jar strength, man. Like <laughs> yeah, right? so. Yeah, you ain't wrestling. <laughs> Speaking of wrestling, right? So this is the part where Rodzilla, right? And I remember this crap because I'm a huge wrestling nerd. Any viewers out there, any viewers, watchers, listeners out there, if y'all want to get on it and talk wrestling, your boy Kells is down. So, hey, that's that's it. (laughs) So, but, um, but yeah, so, you know, Dennis Rodman, the real Rodzilla shows up again, just in time, just in the nick of time to pull his, pull his shit. And me and my wife just die laughing, you know, like, oh, here goes Dennis again. And so he's, he's, he's on WW or WCW hanging out with Hollywood Hulk Hogan Hanging out, you know, beating up Diamond Dallas Page and all that stuff. What was going on? Can you fathom? Can you fathom in a million years? Um, like, let's just say, uh, we'll say Tristan Thompson's perfect example. Like, for the Cavs, they're making a run for the championship, and his brother shows up on WWE. <laughs> fighting <laughs> fighting yeah, AJ Styles. Like, he comes back and gets his rebounds, and like, what was happening? And Carmen Electra, she, you know what? Outside of our boy, uh, Mike's security guard, Carmen Electra uh, fared very well in this docuseries. Let's not so forget so. about, um, uh, what was the dude's name? Jack, Jack, uh, oh, man. He was Dennis Rodman's basically hired babysitter for, yes. for, oh, on, yeah, on the yeah. Bulls. Uh, Jack Haley. Jack Haley. He was, yeah. yeah, Jack Haley. You know, that dude. He said, Chris Chris said Robin was in the NWO. Loved when he was on WWE. That was the worst thing, dude. It was so whack. W- NWO was a poor man's DX. That's it. I, I, I'm putting it out there right now. I got nothing. I got nothing. I, I got, I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Chris. Like, like we may have to have this conversation, man, but. Oh, you guys. That would be awesome, man, for you guys. Yo, I'm breaking out a DX shirt. 
I'm coming with the DX shirt. I'm telling you right now. I was a w- so me and my dad used to love WWF, WWE, and he called yeah. WCW whack country wrestling. That's what he called it. Was over, man. So <laughs> crazy when they showed it. I forgot. I forgot about Hulk the Omega. Yeah. It was so hammy, dude. It was so bad. He watches over my, my studio, man, Hulkamania, and they showed it. And I was like, oh my gosh, I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> I'll say it to the truth. You want to be dang. And Rod was like, I don't know. I was just like, what do you say? Like, drinking all the drinks. <laughs> and, <laughs> I was like, oh my God. And, and, Can you imagine what the Twitterverse would do? Oh, uh, they would they, they would either love it or destroy it. it, it there's no in between. So oh. it was just so hammy. They're hanging out in the club, still in their rustling clothes, and he's got the better <laughs> Hulk Hogan. I'm like, shut up, dude. Like, it was just bad, man. It was so hammy and over the top. But again, that that's 90s wrestling, right? So. In the finals. <laughs> what is going on, Robin? So my question to you, should somebody and, and the and the listeners out there, so somebody probably should have snatched Byron Russell by the collar and be like, look, man, you don't tug on Superman's cape. Please don't. Look, I feel bad for uh, Brian Russell. Oh, I don't feel bad for him. I don't feel bad for him at all. You don't have enough examples to see, like, this probably isn't the best way to go about this. Yeah, uh, and, and for the for the record, like, we haven't been there yet, but, um, yeah, yeah, Brian, it wasn't a push-off, and, you know, you, you definitely over-pursued that. <laughs> and, and, and it all started. left on the game winner. Like just just go through history. Like he almost always goes left. <laughs> and Brian like, commits commits right. I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah. And and it's Brian Russell. There it is. There it is. And, and and good for you because you don't talk shit to Mike, man. Like even even as not even the best, like the top Jordan fan, or I'm not even a huge Jordan fan. I know yeah. better than that. Like man, if you talk best to this dude, especially seeing like how he takes any and every little thing yeah. as motivation. Carl Malone winning the MVP. Carl Malone winning it the next year. Russell talking crap. The Utah fans. I mean, it's what else do you need, man? Like, just shut up and just hope for the best. That that's probably the best case scenario for this dude. So, and I'm glad they highlighted this because I've said this for years. My favorite play in '98 was that series when when Jordan, you know, basically baits Malone into stealing that ball. Yeah, I remember watching it live as it was going. Like, you know, if you watch, I mean, you you know, you remember watching the games. If you watch enough jazz, like. You also knew that that's what was going to happen, mm-hmm. and for Jordan too, you know they, they. You know what? Let's talk a little bit about. And I know you're, you know, you touched, you know, you're into this too. And then when they were talking about the '98 series, they were talking about Jordan was always in the moment, mm-hmm. and that's what made him so different. And that was exactly a point in time like they're down, you know, they're down one, everything's going that way. He was already like, he, he didn't care what nothing happened, you know, like he forgot about everything up to that point. Yep. He was like. I knew they were going to throw it into Malone. Malone's going to lose concentration because he's nervous. Yep. And and he's like, I know I'm going to steal the ball, and he did it. Like that. That's what separate when people want to know what separated you know Jordan from everybody else that that comes close to him. J.R. Smith. <laughs> J.R. Yeah. Smith. <laughs> so. Yeah, right. <laughs> but you're right. You're 100 percent right, man. Oh. And true student of the game, he said he yeah. studied Russell. After he made that slide about him, oh, why'd you retire? I would, I would hand you ass. He studied that dude yeah. <laughs> and knew that he, 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 you know, he overcommitted and he would play on his toes on, a, on, a, you know, and, and just studied this dude. Studied Malone, knew how to how to take these dudes out. Rodman getting in Malone's head, you know, and all that stuff. And and you know, and they did this with an injured Pippen. 
in the closeout game, right? When it injured I, Pippen. I totally forgot about Pippen being basically out of the game. I like, didn't totally. I didn't remember it at all. I was like, I don't remember that, you know, so but yeah, yeah. yeah. They they didn't talk it up like they do now, but I do remember then it was like, oh, he's in, he's out or whatever. But I do remember it being like, well, we can't win without Scott. You know what I mean? Like, so, man, I, you know what? That game was special. Like, you know, the more they showed, I'm like, oh, my God, I forgot how awesome that was. Yeah. I was so disappointed though because the shot I wanted, and they showed us when Jordan missed, that could have won the series in Chicago in mm. game five. Yeah. Uh, that was the shot I wanted because I'm like, I wanted that to be Jordan's last shot. I wanted that to be the walk-off. In and Chicago. Yeah, yeah me and, me and uh, uh, Couch Coach Powell talked about that the other day, man. I was like, that's the one that, you know, would have been a, I don't know. I, I can't say better, but that's the one I wanted. But You know, man, I, go ahead. No, that's it. I just say that was crazy. Man. So the what, what I like about that is they showed the freeze frame, right? And they showed all the Jazz fans' faces. And then they showed the kid in the Bulls jersey in the back, just the lone Bulls jersey fan. And it, I mean, great pictures, man. Man, it, and it was dope. And and you know, and that was that. You know, Russell. There was no push off because when you see it at a slower, at a different angle, and at a slower rate, there was no push off. He knew he had Russell. He served him the first go around, and he served him again. And that dude's career. Besides that, what is he known for? Yep. There like, it is. We, we talked about it on my uh, pregame show last week, like. You can't you can't tell us how much you love the Pistons that literally were just throwing elbows in people's faces mm-hmm. and then Tommy Jordan pushed off like stop exactly like, can't exactly. have, like, can't have it both ways now you're just picking and choosing yep. now stop now Reggie did push off I saw that Reggie pushed off but well, yeah I'm saying like everybody's like oh that that's how you play basketball and as soon as Jordan does it they're like oh I'm like stop it I know like, you, don't tell me how tough '90s basketball was and then tell me that's push off exactly you can't one or the other. Exactly, and, and then yeah, that's another one. Everybody's like, "Wow, that's what the NBA wanted," because you know it's a perfect shot, it's a perfect camera angle, and all that. And I'm like, Jordan only makes that shot at best fifty nine percent of the time. I'm right, like, right. How would the NBA rig him to steal the ball from Malone, go down the court, not call a timeout, take Russell to the right, mm-hmm. everyone clears out for him, and he makes the shot. I'm like, yeah, that you sure that was rigged? He, he checked it all off. All of all those moves checked off. He he took care of business. So. <laughs> if it was Rick, Russell would have fouled him, you dipshit. Exactly, exactly. That, that would have been a – I was like, stop it. Like, you know, but there, you're always going to have that. So with everything said and done, right, everything's wrapped up, nice bow, you know, what is the Jordan legacy? Oh, man. So if, if there's – the way I look back on it was he raised – and I don't know if this is all good, but this is what happened. He made – winning the championship so important. Like, I mean, think about a guy like LeBron James. There's a, there's a vast percentage of the population that consider LeBron. It's hard to say a failure, but they look, they look at him like he's failed a lot because Jordan did what he did. Like if that, that, that's the thing. Like he raised the, even like, okay. Even Tiger Woods, like uh, it was in sports illustrated a few years after, And somebody said the next Michael Jordan's on the golf course, right? As far as fame and all that, and even like you know, before before Tiger Woods, if you won three tournaments in a year, you were the best golfer that ever lived. Tiger could win six if he, you know, but the other ones he doesn't win. He's a failure. It's an off year, right? Mike is literally like Mike is that point when that changed, when winning became everything. Mm. And uh, I don't necessarily agree with it, but that is exactly when that. Now it's like, but he won it. But then it also the backfire to that is. Now, if a guy like, say, uh, like Robert Ory 
you know, is considered to have a great career because he, he, he played a big part of championship teams. And then you got guys like Barkley who were the one of, you know, the second and third best player on the planet and never won one. It just, you know, that's, that's what Jordan changed. And, but the thing is though, Jordan never said that. Mm. Like if you watch, we just watched 10 episodes of this docuseries. Jordan never said, if I don't win, I'm a loser. Right. Like, if anything, he was like, no, each game's a different game, and I go out and compete, and I try to win. He he never brought up, like, failure, but he never talked about it. What, what he said in the last episode, they were asking about being in the moment, and he's like, why would I worry about a shot that I haven't taken? Taken yet, right. And it, like, so Jordan wasn't the one that set the standard. It was us or the media, whoever you want to blame for it. And, uh, and I feel that a lot of players have suffered for that. Yeah. Uh, he changed the game, and, you know, and not to mention – change the shoe game the money game you know the, the 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 public game you know and all that you know everything but i would say that the biggest thing is winning is everything is what he changed so for me it, it, it's it's a lot of different things it's it's the way not only the way you play basketball the way you commit to winning the way like like sneakers sports apparel the oh, way yeah. you the way you brand yourself he changed the way the nba like looked completely I mean, yeah. from he grew the he was a, a catalyst for growing the game globally. Um, I mean, he was on. Remember, uh, uh, Pro Stars or, or uh, Pro Stars the co- the cartoon with Bo Jackson, Michael Jordan, Wayne Gretzky. Oh, I mean, God. he was he was he was everything, dude. Everything. Oh, everything. And yeah, um, there's no way to describe what he was. And yeah, he, and he did it through playing the game. Yeah, like, and now, just play, just playing a game. Like, it's crazy, right? Yeah. So like now, a guy like. Uh, I don't know, let's say Kevin Durant, for example. Kevin Durant's a great basketball player, Hall of Famer and all that. Mm. But he, he didn't he didn't quite – I mean, this is tough to say. He didn't quite earn everything like Jordan did. No fault of his own, whatever. He's, mm. he's, he's great. But he's also but he's a guy that's like, I don't know, he's great. So they're telling you he's great. That's where Jordan became great because of the way he played. Exactly. Like, Probably his most important series was what uh, was the '86 when he scored the 63. I was just gonna say that in against Boston, it changed everything, yeah. man. Like you know, kids like me, that's when I fell in love. I was like, I'm attached to that dude. Yeah. That's my guy. He, you know, so you're, you're exactly right. He changed the way. Oh, I mean, everything. He literally changed everything, and not just like you say, not just sports. He changed. I mean, look what Nike's done. Like if you look at the numbers of what Nike did before and after Jordan, you look at the other shoe companies. Um, I mean, it's just on and on and on. The global game, like, it, it's it's just crazy. So real quick, I want to bring up this point because a lot of people, you know, this past couple weeks, you know, with everything that's going on, they keep bringing up the social thing. They, you know, they talked about Jordan, how he didn't stand up socially and all that. And LeBron's a different guy. They compare him to LeBron a lot because LeBron will speak out more and he does stuff. First of all, like, you can't quantify what a guy like Jordan means to an economy. Mm. Like, uh, like uh, when LeBron James left Cleveland, Ohio, Ooh, it was over. Dude, I was there. Like he was gone, and you would go there in May, and then when he came back, and you'd go to a playoff game. There's an extra, however many hundred thousand people like hanging out. So that's what Jordan did. Like the Bulls weren't the Lakers, mm. you know, and they weren't rebuilding. Like that was their team. So like I know Jordan doesn't. Everything's not perfect. Doesn't stand up for everything. Blah blah blah. But how much? What's he meant to? an economy, you know, you know what I mean? Like he still provide. like ask anybody that in those six championships, ask anybody that worked in the arena, worked outside the arena, worked in downtown Chicago, 
you know, how they feel about Michael Jordan. I bet they would probably tell you a different story. Yeah, he's not the best person in the world, but... And then another uh, quick fact, you know, I, I shouldn't say it's a fact, but I think it is, is that his last two years in Washington, he didn't even take that salary. He donated that to, uh, um, like, causes for 9-11. Really? So, oh, man. Yeah. Hmm. yeah now, I, you guys can fact check that. I read it. You know, it seemed factual when I read it. But he didn't take that money. He was part owner. But anyway, what I'm saying is, you know, he, you know, he had more impact socially and economically than probably – Giving credit. Oh, I believe it. I definitely believe oh, it. Man. No, no, no. I mean, you, you brought up some good points. Like you, you've been laying some 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 gems on me, man. Like like I, I didn't know about the the money donation and and all the other stuff. So I mean, hey, yeah, I, I, I knock him, and that that is that is probably my only knock on him was, but that's early in your in his career, right? So I it's agree just, too. and I agree with the knock. I totally yeah. agree with it. Like yeah. I don't like as far as like the elections and all that stuff. I wish that. You know, he would, you know, I wish the guys now would stand up more. I don't want to go, you know, I don't want to get off on a totally different show. Right. But they do what they can. But I wish, I wish athletes would say more now because there's a lot of kids that look like me Mm. at 10 years old that might want to hear those guys say that. But I, but I also, I also stand by it's not their responsibility. I just wish they would. I don't, I don't, I don't hold it against them. Right. Right. I mean, right. And when you have athletes like Russell, you know, uh, Bill Russell, Jim oh, Brown, yeah. Muhammad Ali, oh, ones, Ali, ones that where it affected their actual livelihood, affected their, 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 their money. And they're willing yeah. to stand up for something, you know, and then Jordan, it's, that's what he was all about was the money. So that's the only thing that kind of rubbed me the wrong way, you know, looking at it. So, but you know, he had to feed his family. He didn't want to kind of shoot himself in the foot. You know, yeah. if he can live with it, who am I to say, you know, so it leads me to my next question. Does Kobe and LeBron measure up? And if so, how? Okay, so they do. I've been thinking a lot about this since you put that. So LeBron measures up just on the basketball court. They're totally different. Uh, this isn't a versus because I know you don't do that, which I appreciate about you. Mm-hmm. This isn't a versus, but LeBron is uh, – I've always called LeBron the best teammate that I've ever seen because of how good he made the guys around him. And he's just – like, we, we always talk about how good of a team – like, he is a great – basketball player yes like you watch Carl Malone when they show the 98 highlights imagine Carl Malone if he was the fastest <laughs> smartest yeah best passer like imagine if John you know Carl Malone was as good a passer as John Stocks and it could run as fast as Michael Jordan like and LeBron, jump over you like Sean LeBron, Kemp <laughs> LeBron just pure talents way yeah. underrated right uh, because of because of the pressure that Mike put on you know and by no fault of his own uh so yeah I do I totally think LeBron lives up I think what LeBron has done is it's been amazing. Eight finals in a row. Come yes. on, like it's not failing. That's what I was telling my wife. I was like, you know, yes, Jordan is six and zero in championships, but LeBron went to eight in a row, eight in a yeah. row, and then he had that crappy one with uh with Cleveland. You know, the first one. Oh, yeah, so, he's got he's got another one thrown in there. And let's face it, he was going to one. That, he had a very good chance of going to one this year. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think LeBron and Kobe. I've always said this about Kobe. Like Kobe measures up because. I think Kobe had had the drive. Obviously, he had the skill. Like he's literally the same player as Michael Jordan. Mm-hmm. You know, say that you know, like they're the same player. Like Kobe could have played in any generation. Yeah. Uh, and but but what we talked about, like he took care of his body. He played longer. Like for him to hang on and win his last two championships without Shaq uh, was a testament to his physical ability mm-hmm. and how he stuck with it, his mental strength. Like now, the the one thing I will say is I don't know. And I can't tell. We'll never know until they do a documentary. 
you know, we got to see the behind the scenes of Michael Jordan with his teammates. I don't know what it was like in those early years, like if people gravitated to Kobe like like they did, they did Mike. Mike right. Just because I don't know. You know what I mean? I don't know. If he came and, out of high school, that's a big difference. And maybe not Jordan. because he also set the bench for like the first year and a half too. Yeah, yeah. Jordan had three years in college. And when that, when when they started building those Bulls teams, Jordan was already by far the best player. Right. So it changed the thing as to where Kobe and we don't know what we don't know if Jordan could have played with uh say they would have say he would try to play with Akeem Olajuwon. Mm-hmm. We don't know that he could have done that. Exactly. Well, we assume he could, but we we know how good Pippen was, but but Pippen hey, Pippen had the attitude to play with another superstar, mm-hmm. which is a huge difference. Like if it's Carl Malone, I don't think that Carl Malone puts up with Dennis Rodman like Scottie Pippen did. Exactly. It wouldn't have took many parts to switch out, so Hey, they absolutely do. Kobe and LeBron are every bit as, I'll just say they're every bit as good as Jordan. Yeah. Like circumstances are different. And they play in an era like like for Jordan, for them both to play after Michael Jordan and be that successful is a testament to them. Yeah, because there's a lot you of know? pressure there. And and even with his even with his sons, like you know, me and my wife had that conversation. It's like it it wasn't fair. And I I was guilty as being one of those those guys like, oh man, this son ain't gonna do nothing. But then you look back at it with your own kids, you're like Mike protected those kids, you know, and you never saw him unless they were at the games. He would show up at the games. He outfitted uh, Central Florida and I think Illinois with Jordan gear. But he didn't want that for his kids. And I don't think he pushed them to do that, you know, because and now seeing everything that he went through, it makes even more sense why his sons, you know, just they I don't think they got the push. You know, I don't think he pushed them like that. Um, He probably wanted them to succeed in business and and, you know, and excel in, in other arenas in life. But, you know. I, I and it, it, it's tough, man. It, it's tough. But back to the the Kobe and LeBron, and you know, at the beginning when I when I when I first kicked this off, like the reviews and stuff, I said I'm gonna hold off to the last episode till I see everything before I make a decision. And I just even like the last couple ones, I said I'm done. I'm not gonna do it anymore. I'm, I'm not gonna compare these guys because it's disrespectful, you know, to yes. to the talent that you're watching right now, and it, and it cheapens it to where. You don't really enjoy what you're seeing because you're comparing it to somebody else. You don't really appreciate what you're seeing because, you know, oh, well, Mike did this, Mike did that. Well, that's cool, but, you know, Mike also got knocked out the first round a few times if we're, if we're going to go that route. So where LeBron has it. LeBron's never lost in the first round. So there's so many different things that you can do, but why do that when you can just appreciate that you have Magic Johnson and Carl Malone's body with, with Sean Kemp's athletic ability? You know, and then you have – you have a carbon copy. You have a West Coast Michael Jordan. He is yeah, the closest crazy. thing, closest thing we'll see. I don't think anybody will ever come come as close to Mike as Kobe did. You know, I, I, I really I don't. don't. Think you can. I don't even know like if you can grow up playing that way now, just because of the way the game. It would be like saying, like, there's never going to be another uh, Abdul Jabbar because you're yeah. just no player is going to train to play that way. Uh, I shouldn't say never. Like things are cyclical. Yeah, yeah. They'll, they'll, it may cycle back around. The guy's ever going to perfect the sky hook because that guy's probably going to be shooting Duncan. Exactly. I, you know, I, I totally, I totally agree. With just, just a, I've, I've said that. I said that to my son for years, and um, I rate. You know, he was raised during the LeBron era. He loves him, but he didn't hate on Jordan. It was never. It's fun. To, like I said, it's fun to compare them, but there's you don't you don't have to like to just enjoy. You know, nobody ever says, like, oh, is Jordan as good as Russell? Like, as far as a person, like, no. Like, <laughs> exactly. You know, I mean, I'm saying, like, you, you know, it's – if you're going to do that. But, uh, 
Um, yeah, you're totally right about that, man. I think that's why we kind of connected on this podcast, to be honest with mm-hmm. you. Yeah, and, and it's just, I yeah, I, I just, it, it's going to suck watching LeBron go out because, you know. I'm not ready for that. I'm going to nah, tell you right I'm now. I'm not, man. I'm not, man. And, and it's just like, man, that's the end of like a great run of marquee yeah. players. Like I'm looking at the league right now. I, I'm, it's hard to picture like who your marquee player is because I can't look at James Harden. I can't look at Kevin Durant. I, yeah. Maybe Giannis, if Giannis like adds a little bit more. Yeah, I do like him probably the most as far, but it's going to be if we're, we don't know who they are right now. We probably don't know who the next LeBron is, and then it, it's going to it's going to jump on us. Do you uh, do you remember like the year or two in between when when Jordan retired, and it was just that it was like they were looking for that next star, right? And the basketball was kind of crappy, and it's just it was it was entertaining, but it wasn't what it was. And you it know, was a, it was a bad time. The early two thousands was was rough. Exactly. I mean, I was, I was straight upset. Yeah. And then, you know, the Lakers came in and it kind of changed things because it was it was a new version of Showtime dominant basketball. And it was just it was fun to watch again. And then LeBron came in and we were off and running again. But I, I think we're going to we're going to have that again here, especially with the way that, um, you know, oh, there's great players in the game. There's great players in the game. I, th- I think so. I, I, I think so. I like Brandon Ingram. Um, oh, yeah. I, I like him. I don't think Zion is going to pan out, though. I don't I don't think Zion is going to be what people are expecting. I think he'll be good. But I, I just don't see that, you know, um, after after LeBron leaves. But Yeah, Giannis is great. Like, you know, guys like, you know, Donovan Mitchell, those guys are out there. Like, there's some it, – it's a little bit of a different game now. I think you're going to see – it's almost going to be – if I had to predict, I'd say it's going to be a little more like the NFL to where it's going to be teams. Yes. Um, you know what I mean? Like, as great as Brady was, uh, the, the Patriots were the best team, you know, for – whatever, 20 years, 20 years, right. You don't pick out players as much as you do. And I wonder if like, if it, we're not going to go into more of that just because they're, you know, it's not a bad thing. I mean, Spurs just kind of set the Spurs kind of changed the game as far as like keep passing the ball until somebody's open. Exactly. Golden State, Golden State took it to the next level. And I'm not saying a guy like Giannis won't win, but I don't know if we'll have as, you know, if we'll go back to his ball dominant, uh, this would be a better question for like Chris or somebody that knows basketball better than I do. But if anything, I think there's more talent. If that makes any sense, it's more it's more spread across the board because you have your Dame Lillard, you got the, your Giannis's, you got yeah. your Jimmy Butler's. It's spread across now, so I, I think we're going to see, like you said, and I think that's a great point. More t- team oriented ball until somebody yeah. rises rises to the top and kind of takes will, that mantle. There will be that somebody. There will be somebody like. You know, you're going to take a guy like Kevin Durant. There's going to be somebody that's going to be made just like him, or Kevin Garnett. Yep. And yet Kevin Durant, like these seven footers, and there's going to be and Giannis is the next evolution. Exactly. There's going, a, there's going to be a guy coming up that we're not going to understand what he's doing. He's going to be seven foot one. He's going to shoot fifty six percent from three. He's going to have defense. Like it's going to happen. Like the evolution of the game will never stop. No. I hope not. Nah. So my last question for you. So how do how do we measure greatness now? So. We already said these guys are, are great in their own right. What is your measurement of greatness as far so, as like an athlete or, or even as a person in general? The, the quickest thing is, is uh, I, thought, I tried to think about this when you, when you uh, brought this up on our text. And basically, and I've always been one, like the winning thing doesn't matter to me. It really doesn't. I always told my son, uh, my philosophy was, if you go out there and try and do your absolute best and try as hard as you can and you lose – you won't you won't be upset because you'll know mm. and 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 I think you know yeah you you know everything's got to come together like we talked about with Jordan so mine is like you know how did you affect your teammates uh, 
how do your, you know, we're just talking sports here, but even in like a job, like, do you make the people around you better? Do they, do they cling to you? Um, you know, when you leave, is, is it better than when you got there? And that's to where we talk about Jordan. And just like you said, the league is better now because the six championships, you know, are great for Chicago, mm-hmm. but the league's better. LeBron, if you want to measure greatness, the impact that he has had as far as how you handle yourself, how you carry yourself, how you handle pressure, how you talk to the media, how you treat, like, I mean, I, you know, I live here in Ohio, dude. I know people that like know who like kids that like LeBron has given bikes to. Like he, he is like, if you talk to like people in the Akron area and Cleveland area, like they, there's people that never watch a basketball game that love that man for what he does. So, but that I'm, and then Kobe's the same way. Like, you know, he left the legacy of, you know, people like, like I said it before, like he was going to be an ambassador. He was going to carry us in, you know, for the next 50 years in basketball, like Bill Russell, right, right. you know, and things like that. So I measure greatness by, do you make people want to be better at whatever, whatever it is you do, whatever it is you did, do you make people want to be like you and a good, and is that a good thing? So. Okay. I mean, and yeah, he, that's, that's, and he, and it does give him great. Yeah. And, and that's a great point. You, you hit on a couple of, of really good points. Um, so for me, it's the same thing. I, I, I look at Bill Russell, Bill, Bill Russell to me is the pinnacle of greatness in the sport, 11 championships, uh, first African-American coach. And that's not easy, especially for the Boston Celtics. And what he put up with, man, like, like, you know, you want, you know, every, I sorry to interrupt you. No, no, no. You're, you're about to say some really smart stuff, but I want to say everybody keeps asking the question, who do they want the next series to be about? Bill Russell's who they should make the next series about. Yeah. And I, I want a unedited, realistic Flipping you the bird, Bill Russell, at the SVs in the crowd, the, the bird and stuff. Yeah, what he went through. Just like I said, I always said with Jackie Robinson, like when they made the movie, they, they softened uh, it. Oh, sure, yeah, yeah. But I want to, like, if you're going you're gonna to show us Bill Russell, show us what he really went through. Like, let's, you know, that, yeah. yeah, you're right, man. That's, that's a dude right there. Yeah, so I measure it against him, you know, so where you stand for something politically, but you still, you know, put out greatness on the court. You're a good yeah. teammate. You're, you know, perceivably a good person for as far as we know. And, right. and you know, you stand for something bigger than the game. And, yeah. um, and, and, you, and you make people better around you. That, that's what he did. And um, I think also with, uh, with Jordan and LeBron and Kobe, they all had their hiccups along the way. If you're looking at, you know, more current day NBA athletes, um, hiccups along the way. Jordan, you know, with, with the gambling, you know, issues. Kobe with the, uh, you know, the infidelity. And then sure. LeBron is, I guess, sure. if you want to call something the decision, right? So, sure. but there's, there's with Michael and Kobe, there's a, a, a part one and then there's a part two, you Absolutely. know, after the scandals and, and all that stuff, you come back and you're better than ever. And that's your legacy years. And that's what I see. You know, how do you build, how do you bounce back from adversity and how do you build on your legacy from there? And Jordan did it with those, the second runs of teams, setting the record, you know, coming back. And then Kobe did it by the same thing, reinventing himself. Yes, he changed the number, started calling himself the Black Mamba after the Black Cat, right? Black Jesus, Black Cat. So, you know, and all that stuff. And it's just leaving better than what you than what you came in with and, and leaving that yeah. legacy. With Michael Jordan, yes, it's from a financial standpoint with the Jordan brand, um, you know, the the uh, all-star games, the all, you know, the uh, um, high school games, you know, the Jordan brand stuff. Um, Kobe, where he, you know, he does he does his work with, the WNBA, the Mamba, or the Sports Academy now, they, they dropped the Mamba name from it. But, um, you know, just leaving the game in a better place. And then LeBron, yeah. by making those decisions, doing the decision, but you know what? That one unpopular decision 
made it to where players had control of their destiny, where they can go from that point on. I'm glad you brought that up, man. You know? I, I was thinking about that. And 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 most importantly, is just on the basketball side of it, what they, what all the great players do, Russell, Magic Johnson, Larry Bird, all the all the greats. What what the main thing that they did is they want to make. They, they want to make a kid, if nothing else, go out in the driveway or on their new Nerf hoop in their bedroom. I mean, I was dunking on a Nerf hoop in the bedroom in 1986. You know what I mean? Like I was, <laughs> I like, was doing it in 92, 91, 92. If, so yeah. I love basketball. I love just straight up the sport of basketball. Mm-hmm. I love, um, you know, I love uh, exercise and all that. And they all make you want, if nothing else, like my kid would get halfway through like a Miami Heat game watching LeBron and he'd be out in the driveway shooting oh, hoops. You know? Yeah, yeah. So, there's something to be said about if, if you really like, if like, I think you're like I am, if you really believe in like sports and to me, basketball is kind of spiritual like mm-hmm. that. And, you know, they all left that behind. Like you're in a driveway, you're Kobe, you're LeBron, you're, you know, I was Jordan. Magic Johnson. I was, I want to be, I want to be Byron Scott today. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. I'm going to shoot threes. Like, uh, I think that's important. I think it's more important than a lot of people, you know, give it credit for But to me, it's, it's huge. <clears throat> well said, well said. So, all right. So final thoughts, comments, what you got for me? So, man, so basically what I would say is you, you, I'll just touch on what you said a little bit ago. Just enjoy, just enjoy sports, you know, as you see it, you don't, everything is not versus everything is not a competition. Everything is not a debate and there's nothing wrong with discussing things and having a friendly debate, but enjoy what you're saying. Enjoy, you know, quote unquote, grace, greatness, but also, recognize flaws in people, you know, don't, don't blindly follow. Uh, you know, we talked about it, you know, with these different guys, they, they, they all, they all have missteps. They all make mistakes. Don't blindly follow, you know, be able to recognize, you know, and, and then, and then you also try to be like, I feel like I'm talking to more like younger audience mm-hmm. now, like our already on it. They know this stuff, but like my takeaway was, uh, you know, sometimes you're, uh, you know, sometimes just be a team. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, Everything is not black and white. Right. Like it's literally everything's not black and white. Uh, I guess that that would be it. So I read a, a thing today on USA Today where why Jordan is why Jordan is still I guess they said the greatest, and then they broke it down within eras. So when Michael Jordan was coming up, there was no no twenty four hour media, right? Like n- nothing not like that. And but yet he made his name just basically off playing the sport. And and you and you hit that earlier, just yeah. off playing the sport. Where LeBron had to navigate being the first, the first real social media athlete, and you know, and they talked about you know everything was was monitored with him, and any little misstep would have been magnified and could potentially oh. been like career threatening and stuff like that. So, just appreciate, like you said, just appreciate the greatness because these guys have filled these lanes and just and just knocked it out of the park, man. Just knocked it out of the park each and every step. And there's there 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 is no there is no who's better. It's just. Greatness. Just appreciate enjoy, it. Yeah. Enjoy Kawhi Leonard. Enjoy, yeah. Like, I could go back. Like, I mean, we don't even want to get it. Like, you know, Tim Duncan, like uh, David Robinson, uh, you know, what Akeem Olajuwon did. Like, just, just, yeah, just enjoy it. Like, there's guys playing now. Like, Steph Curry's amazing. Yeah. Like, if, if you love Steph Curry, man, love him. Like, it, it's an absolute change the game. I used to love watching Ben Wallace rebound and play defense. Yeah. I love watching yeah. Ben Wallace, man. And, and it was just, you know, just – it's skill, it's yeah, and and just just appreciate it, and let's let's dead the the conversation and the comparison. I know it's gonna happen. It's it's locker room, it's bar room talk, it's show talk, and it makes for fun. But your boy kills. I'm out. I'm out of the game. I'm, I'm out of the game unless you give me a really compelling reason to bring it back. But 
I'm just I'm just gonna go with that. So hey, Jeff, I appreciate your time on here as always, man. Hey, for coming on the last couple of times, give me some different uh different yeah, ways to, to slice this, you know, and look at it, and it's fun, man. And we definitely got to come up with another reason to get together and, and do this. So. Oh. For sure, for but, sure. I'm but, glad to be a marauder, man. Hey, yeah, you are a marauder. I got to get you a hat or a shirt or something and send it out your way. So before before we wrap up, you know, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention these, uh, you know, these four individuals on here. Um, culture marauders, you know, we talk more than just sports. We just happen to be marauding on the sports culture, sports world with this uh, last dance wrap up. But, uh, you know, rest in peace to Phyllis George. Um, Phyllis George, she was a pioneer in the uh, in the sports broadcasting world, she was the first woman to be a co-host on the NFL Today, and um, she was also the 50th Miss America, as well as the first lady for the state of Kentucky. So this woman was multifaceted, very talented, and um, you know a lot of you know I didn't even know about it until I read about her, but her story is incredible. And um, you know for for all the Linda Cones and Andrea Kramers and Josina Andersons, you owe a lot to the Phyllis Georges out there to Phyllis George and what she did, uh, Mary Pratt. Now she died. Um, she passed uh, probably. I think. I think it was the day that we did our last episode. And um, I, you know, I wanted to pay respect. She was the last of the Rockford Peaches for um, you know, which the movie oh, A League. Oh, of, oh yes, yeah. Yes, for, I heard about that for the sad. movie. Her, yeah, for the movie A League of Their Own, the Gina Davis Tom Hanks hit, where there's no crying in baseball. Um, you know, shout out to her and, and her life. But she was the last of the Rockford Peaches and the um, the uh, All American Women's League or All American Girls League um, baseball league they had. Fred Willard, Fred Willard, man, that dude, I was bummed out to see that yesterday that he had passed, but that dude was funny. He came from the uh, Second City Comedy Troupe out of Chicago and had been rocking ever since. You know, you got other guys like Tim Meadows coming out of there and um, um, uh, shoot, was it uh, Robert, was it Robert Carla or Robert Carla, I want to say, but um, a lot, a lot of good, talented, a lot of good, uh, uh, talented comics coming out of the Chicago area. Fred Willard, I remember him as being on a How High at the end where he showed up. <laughs> and he fired the dean, and then I remembered him being Harold, um, Michelle's father on American uh, American Wedding, and all that stuff. And that guy did his; uh, he was a professional in everything he was in. Exactly, and then he played uh, he played the uh, the grandfather on a Modern Family, um, you know, and, and basically with the RV. Yeah, exactly, and he was a carbon copy of uh, of the real father. It looked like an older version of him. But you know his last his last appearance will be on the new Space Force uh, show that's going to be debuting on Netflix at the end of the month. So that'll that'll be his last last we'll see of Fred Willard. And then Ken Osmond, aka Eddie Haskell, the first scumbag, <laughs> the first scumbag buddy. You know, if, if if you were a kid growing up, you always had an Eddie Haskell in your crew, the one that got into trouble and and one that uh you know would take the heat for you. <laughs> and then uh. You know the Eddie Haskell of the of the crew and everything, and um, you know so shout out to Ken Osmond. I know he got a guy typecasted as a for that role, and um, you know, and I got a, a little Marauder right here, my son right here, Kyrie. You say hi. hi. <laughs> All right. So hey, can I can I add something to that real quick? Yeah, go ahead. Uh, we lost Annie Glenn today. That was John Glenn's. Uh, that was John Glenn's wife. Oh, okay, uh, astronaut. Yeah. Well, I went. Yeah, I went to uh, high school. Uh, John Glenn High School, actually here in Ohio. So uh, a lot, a lot of my friends and stuff actually know. Like, I got a friend that actually worked for Annie Glenn at one point in time, and uh, I trust his opinion. He said she was a beautiful woman. So I just want to shout out 
Yeah, thanks, Mom. I just want to shout out, you know, we lost Annie Glenn today. She was, I believe she was 100 or 101 years old. She had a great life, great person, so, yeah. Well, I appreciate that, man. Like, like I said, anything you can hit oh, us I, to. That was nice for you to do, Curtis. Yeah. You're a good comment. There we go. We try to, try to, uh, try to you know, point out everything, man. So, so that was the wrap-up. That was the, uh, the last of the uh, last dance reviews. We, we hit all 10 episodes. You know, the, the homie Jeff. Jeff Hunt from the Jeff Needs Help podcast came on and and, and helped help me uh, bring it on home. So um, with that being said, man, hey, what wh- what shout out you got? That's it. that's nothing, man. This was a blast. Uh, obviously, go check out everything that Curtis, uh, the Culture Marauders do. You know, you can find me at Jeff Needs Help everywhere. Like you guys know how to do it now. I appreciate you all. And you know, we love you know we love doing this. Uh, this has been some of the most fun I've had in a long time. So uh, you know what. I'm just, I'll let you do, man. He's got it going on right now. <laughs> there it is. I appreciate it. So for me, the shout outs as usual, you know, I appreciate the listeners. I appreciate everybody lending their time and, um, you know, you know, following and, and just, you know, reaching out and Jeff, you know, you, Corey, Nolan, uh, Chris, the stuff that he's doing, all these creative minds out there, man, creating and just producing good stuff, especially during the COVID. And I'm curious to see how things are going to change once things kind of open up. Are we still going to be rocking strong or, you know, once everything opens up or I, I hope to see everybody still rocking, but um, okay. definitely the listeners, the followers, the, the co-creators out there, um, you know, the, the military folks still out there doing the job, um, you know, deploying, still going to work day in and day out, not knowing what's waiting around the corner for you. And um, also, you know, my wife just popped in, but uh, also, um, you know, the, the healthcare heroes um, those still going to work. You know, yeah, it sounds it sounds and looks like, you know, things are kind of letting up, but that's the farthest thing from the truth. So I still, you know, hope that everybody's being safe, still looking out for each other and um, as well as the essential workers, too, man. I mean, everybody we're in a weird, weird part in our world right now where the lines are kind of getting like blurred where, you know, rights and all this stuff. I really don't want to get into that, but just uh, just be careful and just appreciate the people that are stocking the shelves, people that are are doing the things that, you know, so we can do what we do and um, just, you know, show that appreciation, show that respect. And then, you know, also, you know, our, 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 our waste management folks, you know, the cooks at the restaurants, all those things, all those people, you know, thank you. Thank you for getting us through this. Thank you for helping us out and, and uh, letting us, you know, enjoy a little bit of that, that uh, quality of life that we love and enjoy. And then, um, you know, like I said, my wife, you know, holding it down while I can get on this mic and, and mess around and have a good time, you know, and, and no, man, we can't do it without exactly, it. exactly. So, you know, my, my shout outs and stuff are like a, a, a page and a half long, but I, I have to do it. It's important to do to me. So it's respect. That's cool, man. That's what we appreciate about you. There it is. So, you know, with that being said, Hey, one culture, one blood, one love culture marauders. We're out. Peace.